broadcasting on a podcast today as well. Yeah, we are. We're we're going to be on podcast. We're going to be online, and uh, we'll have a few extra details a little bit later uh, in regards to uh, the podcast and all that fun stuff. Uh, just something that we're checking out, but an experimental stage. Experiment, yes, it's in beta. <laughs> in fact, it may even be an alpha, <laughs> which comes before. So, um, but tonight, uh, real quick, let's let's jump over to our Facebook. And I know we have a couple of prayer requests uh, this evening. So let me let me just check real quick. Members only. Click. So it's probably a good thing that we're recording this as well, because uh, today we've been having some issues with the internet. So um, I don't know what it is. Of course, anytime that you're doing something for the Lord and it starts to mess up, it's probably the oh, devil. Yeah, you know where it's at. So, but we're just going to pull this up real quick. And we have, okay, here we go. We do have a couple of prayer requests that have been mentioned. And so we have six different comments. All right, so in our comments, we do have uh, some prayer requests, and tonight they are this. Uh, Sister Amy has asked that we continue to pray for the uh, Tina Royston family and others uh, who've been affected by this virus going around. Um, Sister Kyle would like to ask for her daughter Jean, uh, their baby that's on the way, and son-in-law Brian. And then Amy also would like to ask for a friend of hers, Danette's, mom Gwen Mearson uh, for her health uh, pray for her family too and the street family with the loss of a, a husband slash father um, also continue to remember brother Rusty Denny in Mexico in one New Mexico one of our missionaries yep yeah. he had a heart stent placed the other day and then Kyle asked that we would uh, continue to remember a co-worker's family and she said also praise God for all I have. For all I have, I am so very blessed. Amen. We all should be. And Jenny had one. Remember? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember it. You have to help me now. It was for the Garber family. Garber family. Um, Thank you. She's sick and got all them symptoms, you know, and they separated the family. She's in one place and he's in the other. And he's about wore out, I expect. So uh, be in prayer for uh, Garber, Garber family. family. I remembered that it was somebody who was sick. Possibly with what's going on, but I couldn't remember the name. He's one of our coin dealers. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's continue to remember them in your prayers. Tonight we're going to get started off with a song. And uh, everybody always says how much they like those uh, kind of upbeat ones. So, in just a second. All right. So, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get started, though, with a Albert E. Bromley song called... He set me free. Amen. I sure did. Once like a bird in prison I dwell, no freedom from my sorrow I fell. Then Jesus came and listened to me. Of prison for me. I'm 
scripture tonight and so we're going to start with that uh, we're going to be in the book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk however you decide to say it uh, I guess it's kind of if you're from the north or from the south or uh, brother me in the next hour I could probably pronounce it that way or the other way in a couple of days <laughs> amen all right well, we are going to go ahead and <clears throat> jump right into this so this will be uh, dramatized reading of Habakkuk, all right? Trying to get you an idea of where uh, the writer's coming from. <clears throat> the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and how, and, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and, can't, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raised up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and the judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Behold ye among the heathen, and regard, and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land, to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves. And their horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from far. They shall fly as the eagle that hasten to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind. And they shall gather the captivity as the sand. And they shall scoff at the kings, and the princes shall be a scorn unto them. They shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing this his power unto his God. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment. And, O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he? And makest men as the fishes of the sea, as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. They take up all of them with the angle, they catch them in their net, and gather them in their drag. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. 
Therefore they sacrifice unto their net and burn incense unto their drag, because by them their portion is fat and their meat plenteous. Shall they therefore empty their net and not spare continually to slay the nations? I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end of it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Yea, also, because he transgresseth by wine, he is proud man, neither keepeth at home who enlargeth his desires hell, and he is as death, and cannot be satisfied. But gathereth in him all nations, and heapeth him all people. Shall not all these take up a parable against him, and a taunting proverb against him, and say, Woe to him that increases that which is not his. How long? And to him that ladeth himself with thick clay, shall they not rise up suddenly that shall bite thee, and awake that shall vex thee, and thou shalt be for booties unto them? Because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee. Because of men's blood, and for the violence of the land, of the city, and of all that dwell therein, woe to him that covers an evil covetousness to his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. Thou hast consulted a shame to thy house by cutting off many people and hast sinned against thy soul. For the stone shall cry out of the wall and the beam out of the timber shall answer it. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establish a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for their very vanity? For the Lord, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that protest thy bottle to him, and maketh him drunken also, that thou mayest look upon their nakedness. Thou art filled with shame and for glory. Drink thou also, and let thy foreskin be uncovered. The cup of the Lord's right hand shall be turned into thee, and shameful spewing shall be on the glory. For the violence of Lebanon shall cover thee, and the spoil of beasts which made them afraid, because of men's blood, and for the violence of the land of the city, and all that dwell therein. What profit the graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it, the molten image and the teacher of lies, that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols? Woe unto him that saith to the wood, Awake, to the dumb stone, Arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. But all the earth keeps silence before him. O Lord, I have heard thy speech. And was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years make known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Salah. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hand, and there was the hiding of his power. Before him went the pestilence, and burning coals went forth at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction, and the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. When the Lord was displeased against the rivers, was thine anger against the rivers? 
Was thy wrath against the sea, that thou didst ride upon thine horses and thy chariots of salvation? Thy bow was made quite naked, according to the oaths of the tribes, even thy word, Selah. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. The mountains saw thee, and they trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered his voice, and lifted up his hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows they went, at the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land of indignation. Thou didst refresh the heathen in anger. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thine anointed. Thou woundest the head of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation under the neck, Selah. Thou didst strike through with his staves the head of his villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses, through the heap of great waters. When I heard, my belly trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself, that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like the hind's feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. Amen. Brother Habakkuk, a prophet, he came about uh, 626 B.C. And it prophesied of Israel being uh, judged by the Babylonians. Now, the book of Zephaniah uh, was a contemporary, who was a contemporary of, uh, of Habakkuk. Uh, he, they prophesied about the same judgment uh, as Habakkuk did. In fact, you know, it was Habakkuk that told of what was to come, and Zephaniah was telling of those after the fact. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, the book of Habakkuk uh, could well be called Habakkuk's Lament because he uh, take his claim straight to God. Uh, in fact, he didn't say he didn't say a word. It doesn't say a word about Israel in here. I mean, as far as him ever going and saying anything to him, uh, and so he took his complaint straight to God, and uh, and it was and it was about the evil that was in the land. Uh, and how God's divine judgment uh, was coming to Judah by uh, by the Chaldeans. You know, I'm really glad that you used that word uh, lament there because it really grasped the the very nature of what Habakkuk is trying to say here. Uh, it's not merely just a complaint, but it's a, a, a lament, which means it's a cry of grief. It's a cry of sorrow. It's a cry of the heart. Comes down, comes from down in that inner man it's just it's deeper than just a complaint or or just a, a gripe it's it, it's it it's eats at being you. yeah eats at you kind of eats at you in the, uh, from the inside out uh and and it really really concerning god and god so bad he he kind of talked a little nasty to god in places <laughs> uh during this time brother the, the chaldeans uh and babylon would have been uh been would use been used simultaneously you know you could say say Babylon, Babylonians, or you could say Chaldeans, and it was really talking about the same people, uh, because Babylon was known as the land of the Chaldeans. 
Uh, and about the same time as Habakkuk's prophecy, uh, Nabopolassar, the king of Chaldea, forced the Syrian out of Uruk and became king of Babylonia. Said it right. You said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, fourth or fifth time's a charm, right? That's right. Uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, finds Habakkuk complaining to God about how his own nation, Israel, uh, was going to be destroyed by the Chaldeans, who were even more wicked uh, than, than his own people. Uh, Habakkuk didn't think God was being very fair by doing that. You know, again, trying to understand uh, the burden that was on his heart and where he is coming from, uh, you know, he, he is absolutely just, uh, he is not understanding why God would use the Chaldeans because they were known for their wickedness and their violence. They, they were a lot like the Ninevites in many ways. And, and he was wondering why God would use them to go into Israel Remember a few, a few weeks ago, we uh, were teaching Jonah yep. and, and how God gave Jonah a warning with the great wind before the tempest came. Um, for a long time now, according to Jewish history, the uh, bands of these Chaldeans have been raiding vulnerable villages uh, and uh, stealing their herds and, uh, uh, and crops and, and doing uh, violence to the, the people. Uh, and, and all at the same time, Judah's leaders was doing nothing. It wasn't bothering them, so they didn't bother with it. You know, um, this was this was Israel's warning. Uh, this was the calm before the storm. Now, total total defeat and and plundering of the of the whole nation of Judah uh, would now come uh, upon them in uh, judgment of God. Uh, Habakkuk complains here that uh, because of the plundering bands of Chaldeans and and Israel's own idolatry, uh, it was impossible to carry out. Uh, the law that God gave Moses. Uh, and because they couldn't practice the law of Moses, uh, the law has somehow lost its force and influence, uh, and, and the people uh, kept getting further and further from God. Uh, it kind of looks like to me here that Habakkuk kind of blames God for Israel's idolatry. Hmm. Uh, in verse 2, he says that even though he has cried out to God for a long time, uh, and, and but God just ignored him. Uh, it says that God wouldn't deliver them uh, when things got and things kept getting worse and worse and worse until now uh, they got into idolatry. Now God uh, causing God to go to use the Chaldeans to judge the entire nation. You know, and we see that after this lament, after this cry to God, God answered in the next few verses. But I, I, I want to stop for a moment and just look at a uh, a repeating cycle. That happens throughout the Bible with with Israel, and especially in this time here, uh, I just kind of call it the the revolving, you know, the the perpetual circle of things. And so the way it works is that Israel starts out right here on top, and man, they are serving God, they are praising God, God is blessing, the people are flourishing, it's all sweet. You know, uh, an enemy occasionally would come up against them, and they'd swat them down because God was on their side. But then all of a sudden, here come these little people in. Uh, for Solomon, it was some of his wives. Wives, yeah. Whew, a thousand of them. Well, 700 and 300 concubines. He was a man. <laughs> but just like them, they brought in their idols with them. And so somebody would come along and bring in idolatry, and the people who knew better would go, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. You know what? We're going to take some load off of God. 
we're, we're not going to pray to him about this. We're going to pray to these idols for it. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Well, what would happen is they would go from being on top here, then now they kind of slump to the side. And at this point, they're steeped in idolatry. Uh, they're not serving God like they're supposed to. They're, 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 they're just absolutely out of control. And God calls out to them by a man or, you know, by one of the prophets and says, hey, y'all better make it right. Because why? What happens? What happens is when they continue, God then delivers them into the hand of another nation right. for judgment. And you know what? While they're there, they go, you know what? It wasn't so bad when we were serving God. Amen. So what do they do? They cry and they repent. And after they repent, God delivers them back up to the top. And we just start the whole circle all over again. Yeah, you know, once again, here we find uh, Israel poking the bear because <laughs> uh, of the idolatry. You know, God's a jealous God. Uh, but this time, God's going to carry through with his judgment of the nation. Mm -hmm. This is really what upset um, Habakkuk. Uh, you know, even though God will warn them again uh, through his prophet, the Bible says they won't believe it because, mm -hmm. you know, God has always stayed his hand before and, and showed his mercy and, you know, delivered them, but not this time. This time, God's wrath's going to come. You know, in fact, in, in the book of Psalms, I'm going to turn over there real quick. In the book of Psalm uh, 103, verse 8, it starts off by saying, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. David's speaking there from experience. You know, God has been merciful to them. But look at what he says in verse 9. He says, He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt, dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. So we see his mercy is great, but he even puts that little bit in there in nine that says that his anger will not always chide. He will not always hold his anger. That judgment is going to come. Yeah, he gets enough. When he gets enough, he gets enough. Yep. You know? uh, yeah, he's going to bring the Chaldeans upon him in judgment. Uh, you know, these verses coming up here, starting here in verse six, brother, uh, uh, he, he, he describes uh, the Chaldeans. Mm -hmm. uh, kick it off there with verse 6 uh, well first thing you notice here is he says for lo I raise up the Chaldeans that bitter and hasty nation so that right there tells you a little bit about who they are uh, they're bitter it means that they, they arbor hate and anger in their hearts and they're bitter they're unsatisfied but at the same time they're hasty which means they're really quick to let you know that they's angry you know they ain't gonna, they're, just, they're not just going to sit there and fester they're quick to judgment Oh, you you said nasty things about my mom. I'm going to pop you right now. <laughs> That's being hasty. That's easy to do when you're that tall and the other guy's that tall. Yeah, sure is. Uh, it goes on to say in that verse, brother, that, that they're going to seize Israel's houses and lands. Uh, in fact, Israel will lose everything. There'll be nothing left uh, that they can call their own. Uh, verse 7 says that uh, that they were terrible and dreadful. You know, and the second part of that verse says this, their judgment and their dignity shall precede themselves. So not only are they terrible and dreadful, but their judgment, and when it says dignity there, it means their character. So their morality, their judgment and their morality are both terrible and dreadful, and you will know it when you see them. It said it precedes them. Yeah. And, yep. Go ahead. Whenever you look at this next verse, uh, it, it says that their horses are swifter than leopards and even more fierce than the evening wolves. Yeah, you know, the evening wolves, 
you think about uh, even wolves, uh, they, 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 there's wolves hunting in the evening, and they're hunting out of uh, hunger. They're hunger, uh, and, and they're, they're hunting their prey uh, after night, and because it's a matter of survival for them, so they've got to kill something. They're fierce. Yeah. And, uh, and he's saying here uh, that these uh, uh, Chaldeans are the same way. Yeah. And, you know, it talks about their horsemen coming from afar and that they're swift as an eagle that hasteth to eat. Now, there's a breed of eagle called the Barracoot. And for those of you who are going preachers, please speak English. Uh, it is the Himalayan golden eagle. And these things, when they're in a dive ready to come down and attack something, They've been clocked at speeds of 120 miles an hour. Oh, man. So it says it's going to happen quick. And these are all apex predators, the leopard, the, the, the wolf, and the eagle. And they are hungry, and they're coming for it. They're, they're greedy, and, they, mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're swiftly uh, trying to satisfy their hunger. Uh, in the case of these Chaldeans, it wasn't for food. It was for uh, plunder and, and for violence. They had a... A hunger for down in their soul, uh, man. They were rotten right to the core. Mm. Uh, you know, it says they will come violently, uh, without mercy or justice. Uh, and uh, it says Israel will be sucked up. I mean, sucked up. By the way, it says Israel will be sucked up, herded together, uh, like animals, and taken captive uh, to Babylon. You know, it also says in that next verse, it's going to happen so fast. It's going to happen so quick that it says that the, they shall scoff at the kings and the princes shall be a scorn unto them. It's going to be happening so fast and so quick and they're not going to be able to do anything about it that the very leaders of Israel are going to be humiliated because mm -hmm. of how quickly it happened. And you know, that last verse there says that then shall his mind change and he shall pass over and offend, imputing his power unto his God. They're going to, it's going to happen so fast that the Chaldeans, they're going to, says so it's going to change their mind. It's going to change their spirit about them. Man, they're going to be proud. Why? Because, man, how do they offend? Because they're going to say, we just whipped Jehovah. We just whipped God's people. Mm. You know, we are mighty. And they're not going to attribute that might to just anything, but their own ability and their own power. In fact, their might is their God. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the Chaldeans would deify their army. Mm. Uh, the, they were all God, little gods, you know, uh, separately, but together they were the almighty God. Um, and, you know, some of the nations around there probably agreed with them. Mm. Uh, they, they didn't leave much around them, I'll tell you that. Uh, next, uh, whenever we look here at these next verses, Habakkuk then responds to God after God told him what he gave. And, and look at this in this first verse here. He, he acknowledges God for who he is. He acknowledges God that he is everlasting. He acknowledges the fact that God is not going to destroy Israel indefinitely because he's no stranger to how the way God works. He's familiar with the pattern, you know. He's familiar with the fact that God raises up other nations to judge when Israel is at fault. However, what he doesn't gather and what he doesn't understand is that how God could use a people like the Chaldeans who are far more wicked to judge them. Yeah, surely. Uh, God would, would deliver Israel in the end uh, and then judge the uh, Chaldeans. Uh, it wouldn't be justice if he didn't. Uh, you know, we know as being under the age of grace, brother, that it's because God withholds judgment on, on the world doesn't mean that he's not going to because mm -hmm. he's going to come. That's right. Uh, because of God's only holiness, 
he absolutely must judge sin. Uh, specifically here, the, the sin of the Chaldeans. Uh, my daddy used to tell me, uh, when you wrote up like I did, uh, he was always telling you two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, that's what he used to say. He said, boy, he said, two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, and what Habakkuk's saying here uh, is Israel's sin plus the sin of the Chaldeans doesn't equal justice. Uh, but what it does, it warns for more judgment, uh, specifically on the uh, Chaldeans, because God has already used the uh, Chaldeans to judge Israel. So Israel's already got theirs, and, and he's holding off on the Chaldeans, and they'll get theirs uh, pretty soon, it says. You know, in this next verse, it, it really shows his confusion that he has. Uh, when he, he addresses God, and he says, Lord, your eyes are pure. And he says, that, basically, he says, you cannot approve of evil. And you can't have any favor on iniquity. So why, God, will you allow people like the Chaldeans to judge Israel, who, by the way, is the lesser of two evils? Uh, we're more righteous than they are, but yet you're letting them judge us. Well, didn't, the God, didn't the Bible say that, uh, that our righteousness is as filthy rags? That's right. You know, it seemed like he didn't get that message anyway. Uh, <laughs> it says here in verse 14, it says that, uh, and what, what, is, what he's saying, you make us men as fishes of sea, as creeping things that have no rule over them. What he's saying is that God has left his chosen people uh, to, their, to their own devices mm -hmm. uh, without any defense whatsoever. Uh, and, it, and, it's, and it seems to Habakkuk here that God just don't care anymore uh, and, and Israel just doesn't matter. And you know, again, you gotta, you gotta look at his tone. Most people look at this and think, I'm going to step back from this fellow because lightning's fixing to come from the sky. I'm in that group. <laughs> Watch out. Man. But look, the tone that he's in uh, is, again, in sorrow. And oftentimes when somebody is sorrowing in, in grief, they'll lash out, uh, irrationally some, and and say things that they really probably are not upset. Yeah, amen. I've done but, that and have done that. Yeah, but God knows, God knows that. And look what he says. He says the, the Chaldeans... Uh, are, are going to gather them up like fish in a dragnet. Uh, I believe as you shared with me, the, the two big commercial ships yeah. back in the day used to drag a big net between them mm -hmm. and one would have each side and then when it was done, they'd just pull it up and see what all they got. Big swath. Oh, big man. swath of fish. And so they would drag them out and they wouldn't be able to, to do anything about it. It would be such a, a mighty overtaking. You know, they also says here in verse 16 that uh, they will worship or they'll deify their armies. Yep. And they'll deny that God had anything to do uh, with their, their victory, which is stealing God's victory. Uh, if I remember right, there was a man named uh, one of the Herods. Mm, Agrippa. Uh, give, give, took, took the glory that God that was due God and uh, worms eat him while he was sitting watching a parade somewhere. Uh, uh, so uh, God, you know, when you deny God his glory, and that's still the same thing, uh, the Bible says to God be the glory for a reason, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in verse 17, he basically asked God, <laughs> in one of those moments, you want to step back again, right? <laughs> he says, are you ever going to do anything? Are you going to do anything to ever deliver Israel? Or will the Chaldeans just be allowed to just continue plundering the rest of the world forever? Therefore, he says, I just... What I intend to do, I'm going to sit right down here, and I'm going to wait for you, either for you, God, either to, to you either going to answer me or you're going to reprove me, one way or the other. And he says, "Okay, God, I'm waiting." It's almost like, 
I remember. Old number. I remember uh, when I was kids. Wow, we must have been, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old, I reckon. Uh, my neighbor, he had a when when he when he get his way, uh, he he'd sit on his porch, uh, on his porch up against the house like this, and he he sat like this, right, and he bang out. <laughs> Bang our head up against the wall. It's one of your name sense at all. <laughs> Bang our head up against that wall. And it's, and it's like, I'm going to keep doing this until you give me my way. You know. And we see that God does respond to him in, in verse 2 here of chapter 2. And it says, and the Lord answered me. And now notice this, though. He answered him in another vision. But this one's different than the other one. In fact, he says, make it plain that he may run that readeth it. It's, it's going to have joy in, in, involved with it. And why? He says, because it's for yet an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. And he says, this, this Chaldean oppression is going to stop. It's going to come to an end. And then they're going to get what's coming to him. Because he says in verse 4, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And so they've puffed themselves up thinking we defeated Jehovah and his people. And, man, they haven't got a clue. All they don't victory. know. All through victory, wasn't it? Yes. Like they thought. Counting their chickens before it happened. Amen to that. And so, but look what it says. It says, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, we ought to be extremely familiar with this terminology in the New Testament. Uh, Paul uses it over and over again in the book of Romans, in the book of Galatians, and in the book of Hebrews. He uses it over and over. For we know the just shall live by faith. So just as... These Israelites, if they put their faith and trust in God, would live through the oppression. We have the same truth that if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we'll live for all eternity. Amen. You know, there must have been a very important passage to Paul that because he used it so much. Yes. You know, of course, way everybody's always on his uh, can about stuff and about <laughs> preaching. That no wonder. <laughs> uh, you know, in verse five, brother said we see here where the. Uh, uh, the Chaldeans were drunks. Uh, it says uh, he, they, they, they were never satisfied uh, with their conquest. Uh, they wouldn't stay home uh, and they uh, uh, pursued their self-glory by uh, cruelly conquering other weaker nations and then carrying off uh, both their women and, and all their possessions. Uh, brother, uh, these next verses, 6 through 19 here, this there's five woes of the, of the Chal, uh, Chaldean. And, uh, uh, brother, won't you introduce us that first one? Well, that first one, uh, verses 6 through 8, this is what it says. It says, Woe unto them that increaseth, which isn't his. And, and so what has happened is over time, they have come into these nations and they have ransacked them. But look what it says. It says that whose remnant still lives and hasn't forgotten. Right. That means that there are those who survived the oppression and after the Chaldeans moved on to that other conquest, those that remained still remember it. And so it says that there's going to come a time when those people, the remnant, are going to rise up and do exactly to the Chaldeans what they did to them. You know, the, the, the parents uh, of when they, the parents of the kids that were taken away, and a lot of them were taken away from and fed into Babylon, where they served in Babylon. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure some of them escaped you know, uh, but but the parents would never let the kids forget. Mm -hmm. They never let them forget uh, how they were treated. Uh, that that these Chaldeans were the ones that killed your mama or your daddy, or your granddaddy, or your brother. Uh, they never let their kids forget that. 
And when them kids growed up, you know, uh, uh, they they would become warriors, uh, and and they not just were they they become warriors with a vengeance, and you know that brother that, that's why that's why they uh, God always told Israel when he went in not always but a lot of times he told Israel when he went in to conquer a nation uh, to kill all the men women and children because you know them children grow up and they become warriors and they're warriors with a vengeance, and uh, let me tell you something that's a, a man with a man with vengeance hard it's hard man to beat you know. Uh, so the next woe that we see here uh, is along the same lines it's because whenever they went you know these guys are nothing but a bunch of pirates jumping from place to place uh, back in the, the, the day of the pirates as we would think you know yo ho aye matey what would happen is a pirate would attack another ship and when they had absolutely wreaked havoc on the ship to where it wasn't really any seaworthy anymore they would pull up alongside of it and board it and they would either slay the entire crew or they would subdue them and then what they would do is they would either a they would take the boat but more often than not what they would do is tear the timbers they would tear the cloth that they needed from the sails they would take the powder and take the cannons and the metals and things of that nature so that they could repair their own ship and let that one just sink with what was left. And so it says here that because they have slain so many, that the stones are going to cry. They're going to bear witness. Yeah. And the timbers will answer. And what that means is when these nations come to attack them, whenever they come back after them, it's going to be like walking in and the warriors go, Hey, those are the cedars of Lebanon. Yeah, yeah. Those those are of my neighbor, you know, my country. Come out of my city. Yeah, those stones, they came from our country. They're gonna bear witness of their cruelty. Yeah. You know, the Chaldeans, you could almost say they they sold, kind of sold their sold to the devil mm -hmm. uh, in return for the plunder of these conquered nations uh, on on this earth. Uh, you know, uh, the third woe. Here says that they built a town with blood and established a city with iniquity. Uh, even Babylon was a huge city uh, that was very wealthy uh, and a very large city. Uh, and they had plundered so much wealth, Kyle, that they built, actually, they literally built a city within a city because they had the stuff to do it with. You know, uh, do you know, the Bible also tells us here, uh, it says, but God has appointed a time when their labor for glory and security will be consumed in the fire. Uh, everything they built, uh, they have built through violence and, and oppression shall be brought down to nothing, uh, emptiness and vanity. Uh, and the knowledge of the power of God shall be known throughout uh, the world because of the destruction of this great city, Babylon. Brother, you know, when, when they were fighting over in uh, Iraq, Iraq, uh, they, they showed uh, a picture of today's Babylon. And the, the highest structure I saw in these videos was one brick high or one block high. Oh, wow. It was completely level. Just nothing there. It was so level that they couldn't hardly find enough uh, stuff there to give any archaeological evidence of anything. It was just completely punched. Completely. Mm. You know, this next bit of woes that we see here says, Woe unto him that giveth 
his neighbor to drink that puts the bottle to him and maketh him drunk. Uh, also that thou mayest uncover or to look upon their nakedness. And you know, th this here isn't talking about anything of a sexual nature, but instead uh, it's talking about how the fact that the leaders of these smaller nations were wined and dined by Babylon and made to think that they were friends with Babylon. But in all, Babylon was just in it for what they could get out of Amen. it. They, they wanted the, the spoils. They wanted the, the riches from these other leaders. And what they don't know is whenever all's in and the cards are on the table, that they're going to be the ones on the front lines while Babylon is half a turn back to retreating. Yeah, sick them, boy. Yeah, you all go get them. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll down the fort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so. Uh, brother Drunkenness uh, still brings shame uh, to, the, to the drinkers. Uh, they help sell their families and their friends and their nation down the river. Uh, you know, uh, it always told me that a man never has so many friends as when he's got a bottle. Uh, and when we growing up, my daddy used to say that. Uh, you know, and they and they they'll, they'll sell anything, and they'll they'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll do anything uh, to continue their their drunken and, and greedy lifestyle. Uh, I remember a story of uh, it may have been an evangelist told one time. Uh, I don't know if he told us of himself or not. I'm not sure, but he told us told of a told us of a drunk uh, that that was so addicted to alcohol uh, that that he he simply he 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 squandered all of the family's living on alcohol, and the baby got sick. That he had a baby, and the baby got sick and died. And at the baby's funeral, they had a, in the open open casket at the baby's funeral. That this drunk actually went and stole the shoes off his own baby and sold them so he could buy another bottle. Mm. Uh, that's what drinking, that's what the, that excessive drinking will do for you. Uh, you know, the more things seek to be different, the more they stay the same. Uh, for instance, you know, we, we talked about how they would uh, exalt themselves and exalt these little rulers, you know, make them do things and, you know, actually so that they could pay tribute to them uh, and, and, and they would plunder them in a different manner. Uh, you know, Today, men still attempt to belittle those around him uh, that they might feel elevated themselves. Uh, without actually doing the work to gain the respect of others, uh, they lower their, try to lower their dignity so that they'll look better. Mm. You know, this last row, uh, it's one of the ones I'd call kind of self-explanatory, but what he says here in this last row, uh, he said unto them, in fact, Look at what it says in 19. Woe unto him that saith unto the wood, Awake, and to the dumb stone arise, it shall teach. He said, those, those things, they, they have silver and gold that are laid on them. There's no breath in them. Uh, woe unto you that says, oh, this one's going to talk. You remember old uh, Elisha on the mount? Uh, your God is sleeping. <laughs> hey, um, cut yourself a little bit deeper. Maybe a little bit more blood's involved to wake him up or shout louder, you know. Um, but... He, he tells them this. In fact, in the Psalms, it, it talks about the fact, it, it's, the reference is Psalm 115, 4 through 8, but he says this. He says, they have eyes and they don't see. They have ears, they don't hear. He said, uh, they have mouths, but they don't speak. They have nose, but they can't smell. They have hands, but they can't handle. They have feet, but they go nowhere. And it says that the maker of them is just like they are. And look at what verse 18 said, What profit is the graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it, the molten image, and a teacher of lies that maketh the maker of his work trusted therein to make 
dumb idols. Yes, dumb idols for dumb men. That's right. Dumb idols for dumb men. And so he was very straight and to the point. And look what he says. He says, don't waste your time with them dumb things that don't even have breath in them. But look at what he says. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Man, he said, I am the Lord. That's a capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah. He said, I am alive. I can see you. I can hear you. I can reach out my hand to help you. And I am every which way and every which where. He says, I am here. Let all the earth keep silence before him, that he is the one true God. You know, chapter 3 here, uh, Habakkuk uh, begins a, uh, a devotional address to God uh, in uh, the first verse. Uh, so, you know, we might call this chapter the, uh, the prayer of thanksgiving uh, by Habakkuk. Uh, in verse 1 there, it talks about Shigayanah, uh, Shigayanah, uh, Shigayanah, Shigayanah, that's right. Uh, and uh, Jackie would be saying right now, he'd be saying, say it, what was it again, what was it again? Was it? <laughs> one more time. Yeah, one more time. One more time. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what the phrase means is uh, it, it's regarding a, uh, a mournful ode. Uh, it, it's sung in, uh, in confession and in regret for previous sins and wrongs. And, he, and, and it's mixed with divine praise. And I think it's only one other time the word's used. I think back in, it's either in Psalms or Daniel, that the word's used only one more time. Uh, you know, Habakkuk finally gets what God's doing. Uh, and he regrets how he has questioned God's motives previously. Uh, here he, he describes God's glory and his power in verses 4. And then in, in verse 6, he, he describes his mighty acts. And, uh, and apparently these things have been revealed to him in, a, in a, another vision, which is indicated by the words, I saw. Uh, he affirms that God defended and delivered Israel uh, and has confidence, absolute confidence, that God's going to do it once again. Uh, and then he says, he affirms that God controls nature. Well, we know that God controls all things. Right. Know. You know, in verse 16, again, we see where the prophet was at this time. He says, when I heard my belly tremble, mm. my lips quivered at the voice and rottenness entered my bones. When he heard what God had for Israel, it terrified him. It made him sick and sorrowful. But look at what he says. He said, even though all this is going to happen, even though they're going to invade, even though the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herds in the stalls, he said, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And so even through this, he says, I know that I can trust in God, and he will take me through it, and that I will be just fine, as well as all the others that would. And so whenever you think about that, the Lord God is his strength. And, you know, that's the way it ought to be for us as well. Amen. You know, the, the Lord's strength is our strength. Mm -hmm. uh, folks, victory and joy is at the end of judgment uh, and repentance. Uh, and as I think of this uh, letter here, Habakkuk, and I, I kind of makes me think of the way we are here now with this, this virus thing going on. Uh, people scared half to death uh, about it, and, and rightfully so. Uh, but if you, if you rely on the Lord, if you trust on Him, you know, uh, He will take you through this thing. Depend on His strength and not ours. Uh, and for you folks that are not saved, uh, you know, and probably ever, most everybody in this thing is uh, watching this thing is probably saved. But if you're one of those who's not, uh, 
I don't see how I don't see how you make it from day to day. Not to mention in the midst of this pandemic, or, or in the midst of all the troubles that we've seen. Uh, what I'm afraid of is this pandemic is just a warning to us you know, that the worst is yet to come. Uh, if you're here, if you if you're listening to this thing now, and, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, uh, it's it's pretty easy. Just admit that you're a sinner, uh, and recognize the fact that uh, that. Uh, Jesus Christ died for your sin, took your place, uh, that his work on the cross was for your benefit. Uh, that was the gift that he has given, actually given to all mankind, but in order to be saved, be born again, uh, you've got to accept that gift by repenting and asking to come into your heart and save your soul. Uh, if you're here and, and, and you've never trusted Christ, if you do that right now, just bow your heads and ask the Lord Jesus Christ, come in your heart and save your soul uh, then he will come in your heart and save you and you'll have that strength uh, you'll have the strength of God to rely on and you won't have to rely on the others uh, brother you want to close it off your song Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, continue to remember uh, Wednesday nights. Uh, we will still be posting things for prayer requests for this particular um, for this particular Liberty Roundtable and, and topic questions uh, as well. And so, if you are a member of Liberty Baptist Church and are on our, our group page, um, please submit those. Uh, we'd love. To